I'm Steve. And I'm here with... Ron. And John. Welcome to a new episode of Movie Schmovie, a very special episode, not only because it's episode 277 and we've made it that far, but... What? That's the most special number, Steve. Yeah. It's it more is. special it than is. that. They took a poll and 277 won. Yeah. Um, so it's a special because of that. But more importantly... Because on Movie Smoothie today, we have a very special episode where we have two filmmakers on the podcast discussing their their upcoming documentary that comes out next week uh, called The Orange Years, The Nickelodeon Story. Um, we are fortunate enough through some relationship John has with either Scott Barber or Adam Sweeney yeah. to get them both uh, on a Zoom call. And Scott Barber just... is is a is a close friend of friend of the show Patrick Anderson, and he's a guy who's I believe sent in questions, and but he's definitely a listener, and also he's a guy that used to work at Apple as well. But I don't think you ever cross paths with Patrick. But hello, uh, Patrick. Patrick. Patrick's one of those guys who it's like when when you meet other friends of his, it's like that any friend of that person becomes a friend of yours instantly. You know, oh. like he's he's one of those one of those guys. You just basically get together and talk about what a great guy Patrick is. Um, so no, I I I kind of knew I would have an in when I saw that this guy's documentary that I knew I'd heard through the grapevine. He'd been working on it for years, and it just always sounded like. Uh, such a shoe in of a topic uh, doing a documentary about like the founding and the golden years of Nickelodeon. I was just thinking like yeah. the way documentaries come out these days that have a certain nostalgic aspect to them. Like you can have something that's just like a glorified uh, a press kit kind of thing and people will still be fascinated with it. Right. Um, so, so, so something that actually is like, has some scope to it and has access. And when I heard the kind of people he was talking to, I was like, this sounds like a really valid attempt at this thing. And then, yeah, here it is. And when we got a chance to see it early and, and talk to Adam and Scott. Yeah. So you tell it. So John, Steve, you're telling, telling me these are, we're three guys that like to cover movies. Since we can't do that on television, we're doing that some podcast for. Them. I don't know. Cue the slime. <laughs> April Fool's Day. <laughs> Nick, 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 Well, welcome on the show, uh, Scott and Adam. Um, this is pretty exciting for us. This the the Orange Years. It is a documentary about Nickelodeon's beginnings into sort of becoming the channel that we now know it to be. Um, but yeah, welcome on the show. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. That is a yeah. true statement. We we did make a movie about her early Nickelodeon. There you go. See, that is that is the so far John. We're, John, we're already doing so well. <laughs> the fact checkers are loving this. <laughs> we this is the op we are counter programming to any presidential debate that you'll ever watch. Oh man! By the way. Uh, <laughs> welcome. We, we have right. one welcome. fact already. So yeah, yeah, there yeah. it is. We're yeah. Yeah. We're yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. you so, thank you so much for having us. We appreciate it. Yep. Well, my first question for you is just whenever I see written and directed by with a documentary, I always wonder. I mean, I, I what think does I that mean? Know what that yeah. means? Because I've hacked together footage based on what I have and found the narrative in the footage, and that is a kind of writing that you can do. Mm. It, it but, totally. But what is. is that process like? Uh, you know, not just writing and directing a documentary, but collaborating on that. Well, yeah. I mean, you're you're absolutely right. You know, and editing is writing. It really is. But yeah, with this film, um, we. Um, we wrote it first. We kind of wrote our our rough, what we thought the story was going to be, so we could know like what questions to ask. Uh, and then, yeah, the final writing process was definitely the editing process at the end. So, yeah, I know I always thought that was weird before we made to like writing a documentary. Or you're not telling the people what to say. There's no script, but that's what it was for us. 
it's interesting because you do have to it, it is a form of journalism to a sense right and so we both have writing uh writing backgrounds as well uh in in that realm and so uh what you know for me what it means is we have to do a you do a ton of research ahead of time right because you have to find the story within the story and then eventually you're going to break you know, and ultimately know what your story is. But you have definitely a rough outline. We compared it to kind of almost a tree where the Nickelodeon, like the, the chronological timeline uh, that involves Geraldine Laybourne and uh, Vanessa Coffey and Ann Sweeney and David Vogler and so on and so forth, is the, the that's the trunk, right? And then we move on to uh, and have branches, uh, which are whenever we highlight all of the iconic programs. So, uh, so for me, that's kind of what like the writing element of it means. And so, you know, Scott and I, it was interesting because we, we went back and forth on probably about like three different versions of what the story could have been, uh, you know, uh, there, where it would have been almost like the jinx or, uh, you know, don't fuck with cats or something to where it's like, okay, we're, we're talking about our own experiences and like reliving our own childhoods and things like that. But ultimately we felt like the right story uh, was really to shine the light on these people that shaped generations of uh, childhoods because they deserve all of it. Right. Like, and so, but uh, to Scott's point, you do end up to a degree knowing just like in journalism, whenever you see a reporter after a game, who's trying to, you know, kind of like write an angle, you do have a sense of what the important sound bites are that you need. Right. And so as you progress, you end up finding out, okay, we know that we are short on this specific area. Right. Or this specific topic. Uh, And so that was really interesting and kind of fascinating to watch, because by the time that we got towards the end, you know, we had started to do like a rough cut. And and Scott has done like a lion's share of the edit. So I want to give him credit for that. And um, but we had a good sense of what we needed and, you know, and what we are what we already had. And so mm-hmm. it's really interesting to watch. So you do end up kind of writing and formulating the story. It's very narr- different than a narrative feature. And this is so long-winded, and I apologize. But oh, this is fun. something that, that... No, it's interesting. Thank you. But, it, but it, was, it was fascinating for us to learn how to do this because Scott's done more, um, more commercial videography and done more documentary uh, filmmaking with respect to um, working with nonprofits and a lot of other, uh, you know, as a music videographer also. I've worked more as a screenwriter so it's very interesting to work and kind of untap and kind of break what the story was. Mm-hmm. I, I, Scott, and um, I, I, I have a question for both of you. Actually, what is your emotional connection to, um, this Scott and Adam? Because it's handled with a care that I just have don't see in a lot of documentaries. So there's there's documentaries that just kind of handle subject matters. Sure. And then you see that this has a different connection. So, uh, Scott and well, Adam, t- tell me your emotional connection. Yeah, man. For, first, thank you for saying that, you know, yeah, because you so I really appreciate you, you noticing that. And, you know, Nickelodeon was very close to our hearts, you know, both Adam and I came from single parent homes, you mm-hmm. know, we were both latchkey kids. So, and that was in the eighties, you really, that's when you started to see a lot of that, you know, both like, you know, moms going to work or parents getting divorced. So there were a lot of people that were like us that felt like they were kind of raised by a TV, you know, and we were, we were certainly part of that, you know, so Nickelodeon was very close to our heart. Uh, It also was a huge part of our friendship, you know, because Adam and I, we, we actually, we were friends uh, 
from 1991. So we were watching these shows oh, wow. together. Yeah, we've been friends since fifth grade. We were, we went to Hauser Intermediate <laughs> together and Oak Ridge Elementary. Uh, a fun fact. Uh, is it okay if I take? Can I? Let me ask yeah, my PR it. guy. Can I? Can I? Can I say this? Can, you, can I say? Can you, can we okay, get a they said I did. Um, I had a mullet. I had a mullet. And Adam, tell them what you had. I had a, I had a rat tail. Straight oh, up, new kids on the was, block, rat tail. It was yeah. glorious too. It was long. Don, Donnie Wahlberg. Yeah, Donnie <laughs> Wahlberg. It wasn't a joke. It wasn't like a rat tail, like like a Jedi one. It was like right, a right. legit, like 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 long uh, rat tail. But yeah, I mean, it was it was really anyway. Yeah. What well, I'm trying to say is that can we get a fact check on that? <laughs> we have any photographic uh, evidence? Checking, checking. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, what what Scott's trying to say is that we were pretty cool. Mm. Yeah, uh, that's what it sounds uh, like. Totally. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. To be clear, that's what we all got yeah, from that. Yeah, by that's the way. what you should take from that is that we yeah, were very yeah, popular. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> documentaries are this weird kind of journalism versus entertainment you know you are a yes, journalist but it. it's also entertainment you know and you see a lot of documentaries like tiger king that maybe the journalism was yeah not so ethical all the time you know like you can certainly frame things a certain way and you 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 have a, a moral uh duty to not do that you know or at least some people do but you also got to make this entertaining for people and that was something that, you know, we certainly had to look ourselves in the mirror and go, okay, we got to be truthful here. We, we're we not trying to candy coat anything, uh, even though this is something that we're protective of. You know, it's kind of like sometimes people make documentaries about themselves, and I always hate that. You know, you need somebody else to make a documentary about you. And that's kind of how it was. You know, we had to really, like, talk about that and be like, this is something that we're spe- that is special to us, and it's very close to our hearts. But we do have, uh, you know, a duty to be truthful, you know, and 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 uh, and and make something that's. Uh, but we it was it was difficult to kind of separate yourself from that. But you you know you you got to do it. Yeah, and I think um, really quickly one of the you know I think for for me it's an uh, it's an important story uh, and probably for Scott too I would assume because. Uh, the, one of the backstories of it uh, that doesn't, you know, make it in there because, you know, the focus needs to be on everyone in the Nickelodeon, uh, in the Nickelodeon network is that uh, one of the Nickelodeon actually kind of kept our friendship together because whenever uh, I was 11, the first I, I went and spent the night at uh, Scott's house, we were part of this thing called Odyssey of the Mind, which was like this kind of like, oh my God. yeah, it was like this creative program, right? Yeah. And it was really fun. And so I was like, this is awesome. We're going to spend the night. This is going to be so cool. So we're hanging out, playing with action figures, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. admiring the mullet and the rat tail as we uh, want to do. Playing and Super so, Nintendo. Playing Super Nintendo. And uh, and so, you know, it was an awesome night. And then the next day, you know, Scott's like, hey, man, um, you uh, want to stay the night again? And I was like, yeah, sure. Let me uh, call call my mom. So I picked up the landline phone, uh, as you did in 1991. And, uh, and I uh, called her and I'm like, hey, can I stay the night? Okay, cool. And just hung up. And Scott's like, what's up? Uh, and he was like, uh, you don't look like what? Does the answer no? Because, uh, I mean, we can always hang out another time. And I was like, so, yeah. Um, so the answer is no. And um, my parents are getting divorced and I'm moving in an oh, hour. Man. So, oh, wow. uh, yeah. Heavy. Yeah. Twist. And I, remember Twist. It was on Pearl, I remember it was on Pearl Harbor Day. So that was like kind of like an additional twist. But so I, I just remember that. And so. Long story short is that we ended up, we ended, I ended up moving, and one of the ways that you know there wasn't social media back then, yeah. right? So it's like if you moved, 
more often than not, like you, unless you had like lose, a lot yeah. of money, you may as well have been on the moon. You were gone, yeah. right? Exactly. Totally. 30, 30 minutes exactly was like being uh, being in Jupiter. And so, but one of the ways that we stayed friends is that we would watch Nickelodeon on the weekends or whenever, and we would call each other hmm. and we would just we like watch be watching Snick. Snick, right? All the yeah. time. And so we would watch Are You Afraid of the Dark? And, you know, um, uh, gosh, what else played? What else played? Um, Roundhouse. Played early Roundhouse. Yeah, Roundhouse. I love All Roundhouse. that was a little bit later. Ren and Stimpy, definitely. Yeah. Pete and Pete played Alex sometimes. Alex Mack. Alex Mack. And so, so it kept our friendship together. Right. And so I think that's cool. I think when that happens, um, it's inevitable that you're going to have some sensitivity and appreciation uh, and care that you take whenever you're dealing with the subject. Yeah. I'm kind of curious, like, you know, talking about, you know, the the difference between, you know, the journalism and the entertainment and, you know, your personal history with Nickelodeon. Like, what is it that brought you know, your friendship sounds like it's been consistent through those years, but it's like, what is it that brought you to, to the, to the decision that the thing that you're going to do together is Nickelodeon or is a doc about these specific years, you know, these years that were a big part of you guys maintaining your friendship. You know, I, I, I really admire this personal connection. So what was it, you know, if, if, you know, you know, Scott's doing video, you know, music stuff or, you know, editing and you're writing more, like, what is it that you were like this? Th let's do it together on this. Like, what was it that paired you up with this Nick story? You know, I think it was a little bit and Scott can speak about this uh, probably more, but it was a little it's interesting because, like, you know, they say past is prologue. Right. And so Scott and I had worked on a, um, a couple of scripts beforehand uh, and and we were ready to move on them, but they were narrative films, which are more expensive, obviously. Uh, we had Trying talked to, to a couple funding, of different. Yeah. Right, exactly. And so we talked to a couple of different, a uh, couple of different directors. Uh, I had thrown around the idea of doing like um, a SNCC weekend. So I was like, wouldn't it be fun if we had a big orange couch and we just every year we made a festival out of this and we, you know, had people come and get slimed and then we would bring different, you know, performers, right? Every single time. Uh, so, so Scott had, uh, you know, really become very talented at, uh, at, at filmmaking. And, uh, and so we talked about the idea of like, isn't it like we could make something on our own, right? In instead of waiting. For other people to kind of like say okay now we're willing to do it and so we talked about what is the most affordable form of filmmaking uh which documentary filmmaking is uh we we talked about like what is an idea for a you know what does what audience like or what big thing has not been covered right star wars has been you know there's there's probably 50 million documentaries sure. i've been in two of them uh mm -hmm. and so we we looked at we talked about it and we were like well what about nickelodeon uh, has anyone done that? And so we kind of joke around and we say like, we did five minutes of fast Google research and found out that nobody had. And we were like, that's our subject. That's the same thing you do when you want to start a podcast, Adam, <laughs> is like, you is look it? to see, wait, is there already a podcast with this yeah. name? No, no one else is doing a small wonder episode by episode <laughs> recap. Okay. <laughs> Why not? We found our niche, you know? <laughs> I remember it too. Uh, Adam, uh, he has a, in addition to journalism, he has a strong background in marketing and things like that. And he was working for a company and they needed some, some, some videos done. So me and him were kind of double teaming these videos oh, cool. where we were, cool. we were kind of like setting up lights, interviewing people and editing it. And, and this is at the same time, we're also writing scripts and it's kind of like, man, I think we could do this. Like, I remember that yeah. thought of, it's like, mm, we're already making amazing. these like mini documentaries for these other companies. Like, I think we could do this. I think we could, we could interview some people and edit it like i think i think that's possible we can right, totally right. do this so yeah and that was it you know we all keep like 
track of like, oh, that'd make a cool doc. Oh, you, sometimes you have an idea, you know, and then you do some research and you're like, ah, eh, there's not really a story there, you know, or there's there's not enough people that are interested or whatever. And 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 whenever we said Nickelodeon, we're like, oh yeah, how would that work? How could you do a documentary about Nickelodeon? And then it was a cool idea, a cool sounding idea. And then really once we started doing the research, that kind of backed up our affirmation that this was a good idea because it's not just right. a neat idea. There's actually a story. If there's no story there, then why the hell are you doing it? You know, you can show people and show clips from the 80s and interview some people and that's fun and good, but there's got to be a story there. And really once we started doing the research and we're like, oh man, there's actually a really, this would make a cool doc, like nostalgia aside, even if this is something that people never heard about. And that's what we really wanted to do. Even people that weren't Nick fans, hopefully really enjoy this doc, you know? Mm -hmm. Did you have any particular access that was a starting point? Like, did you know you could talk to so-and-so or were you really just starting cold <laughs> with Nickelodeon and that's it? Yeah. You know, I, I would say, we, I mean, we started none. cold, honestly, yeah. we had absolutely none. And, and, and you know, <laughs> wow. and, and to, to Scott's credit, one of, you know, one of, uh, one of the most important elements of, you know, being able to, to pull something like this off is to know what you can do and know what you can't. Right. And so one thing that we talked about a lot very early was like, let's not let's not use our resources, especially our like monetary resources until we absolutely have to do that. Right. Uh, and so with that guidance, you know, and that, and that, you know, that suggestion, like I said, to, to Scott's credit, um, that got us very, very far. Right. And we ended up realizing and like, you know, accomplishing a lot of things that we probably didn't know that we could accomplish. But, you know, to go back to your question with respect to our database, we literally just sat down. Uh, I, I shouldn't say the word literally because I say we just sat down. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you didn't figuratively but, sit down? Yeah, we figuratively <laughs> sat down. We both we did both. Yeah. As I was walking around. <laughs> which, which Scott and I always joke around about because there was one time on this episode, I don't remember if it was like Jenny Jones or Ricky Lake or something, but there was oh, one, so one person. Remember those? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's one time where this person goes, I was in hell. Literally. 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 <laughs> yeah. I, had, I had a teacher in high school We're who like, said, this is the art movement that literally shook Europe. Well, <laughs> You're like, that you sounds like actually that. it was probably plate tectonics. Right. But so go ahead. They didn't get along with the science teacher. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah, the science teacher is just sitting there every time outside of the class, just with the middle finger up. <laughs> but yeah, so, 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 we, so we just created a, you know, a spreadsheet and we just went through every single cast list and we basically did like what we called like, I guess it would be like the good, better, best or like A, B and C list, right? Where we were like, hey, these are the minimal amount of people that we have to have in order to make this documentary. This would be the good, which would be like, wow, that's incredible. And then we have to do, there's the great, which is, you know, everybody that we could possibly get that we could think of. And you know, we were super, super blessed because that's what we ended up with. And, uh, and, wow. and so, yeah, but it started, it started with nothing. Like Scott and I were just looking and yeah. we we're just Facebooking and like DMing like Michael Ray Bauer and all of these people. And we're like, Hey, uh, so here's the thing. Like you can check out our trailer where we're imitating you guys, which is really interesting because it took yeah. a lot of trust. Um, there were quite a few moments when we just kind of dove in with both feet, you know, and 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 maybe I mean, hindsight's always twenty twenty. It worked, <laughs> but right. there were a lot of moments where I can remember being like, uh, 
is this going to work? Like, yeah. or, because like you said, usually people that do a documentary, it's because you have an in, you know, you have access to it somehow. And we did not. We, even when we, we did a kick or an Indiegogo, you can see it. It's still online. Uh, and even at the end of that, like, I can remember like, cool, we got all this money. What if nobody wants to do this and we have to give all these people their money back? Like, what if we have to literally like, there we go. What if I have to figuratively call all these people and say, hey, I'm sorry, like we can't make the movie because we yeah, we we had the money and everything. And uh, we were just like, I hope people say yes. And it, wow. it was kind of like, what's the word? I, w- I don't know what analogy I would say, but it got progressively easier and easier and easier in the beginning. It was very, people were like, I don't know about you guys. Two guys from Texas. I've never made a film before. I'm going to pass. Maybe not. But then it was like, we got Mark Summers. And then once we got him, it's like, come on, man. Like, Mark Summers is doing this. And then that moved it, moved it, moved it. And then once we got Keenan Thompson, it's like, come on, man. Keenan Thompson, he's a super busy guy. He's a super, very, very famous guy. Just do it. And then everyone uh, said yes. You know, and another thing, you know, we... We found we 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 got our money from Indiegogo. So it's not like this is this big huge thing, you know. A lot of people uh, mistakenly think this is made by Nickelodeon or whatever, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's made from, you know, it started with me and Adam, and then we we got an amazing crew, producers and uh, cinematographers together. It was a really brilliant team that made this, but it still was a small team with not very much money. So we would just go to L.A and book everybody. I mean, we would work, we would interview from sun up to sundown. We would do like, I think the first time we went for like four days and we interviewed like 20 people. Like it was just like the very first trip we went out to LA and we did uh, like the cast of salute your shorts, Mark Summers, Phil Moore from (laughs) Nick arcade, uh, Kirk Fogg from legends of the hidden temple. uh, The majority of the cast of all that. Uh, the writers from Hey Dude. I mean, it was just crazy. We got all these people. And then we would go to New York and we would do everybody that, you know, we would do the same thing where it's like, boom, 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 boom. So, you know, that's one thing that like, it's not really like a super sexy thing to be proud of, but like our budgeting, (laughs) I'm really proud of that because we made this movie on, you know, when you look at other movies, uh, comparatively like pretty low budget, you know? Uh, one thing, one thing that I didn't notice that I, I just, I didn't know at all on any level is uh, how many women were at the top, um, and you handled that with again care that I just hadn't seen in a lot of documentaries. Um, how did you figure out how to tell the story in a way that felt didn't feel like it was like pushing that fact, but it still kind of presented it in a way that felt very empowering? How did, how did? How'd you figure out how to shape that narrative in a way that, I mean, it's a fact that these women were at the top. It's a but, fact, yeah. But you know what it's I'm- It's a fun fact. Yeah, it's an it's a incredible fact. You know, I think some of it realistically came because it was self-evident to a degree, yeah. right? Is right. that- right. Um, it's, it's just there. It's, it's, yeah. It's yeah. And, and you also had these, uh, you know, amazing, uh, you had uh, amazing women and men that were also speaking so highly and kindly of each other. Right. Mm-hmm. And so uh, to Scott's point, it would have been one thing if we would have, I think, inserted ourselves in, you know, like a, a lot of documentaries do. And some of them are great at doing it uh, with our voices. Right. And if we would have been like, you know, and this at this point, like Geraldine Laybourne said, mm-hmm. don't go there, girlfriend. Right. Nice. Like everyone would have been like, what the hell is wrong with you? Yeah. yeah. Right. 
but yeah. but because they all were telling the story truthfully you know so there was like some verisimilitude because they lived it right, right. i think that it comes across more authentically and so uh, you know again to you know credit goes you know a ton to a ton to scott for for uh, having a lot of delicacy um as well as you know to sean cawthon and a couple of other editors who uh you know sean was our dp and um I, I think it, it, you know, it's kind of like it starts from the leadership of, of Nickelodeon and then it also comes from the subjects. Right. Mm. And so if they reflect it so, so appropriately, um, that makes it that makes our job easier. Scott, like, how do how do you think like when you look at it? Because I feel I mean, yeah, obviously I look at it more critically probably than other people. But yeah. that's something that I was really proud of that we that we learned about. I think, it, you know, it, it's the fact that we didn't have to push it at all. It was mm. just so organic. Exactly. I mean, yeah. that's what happened. The yeah. number one person was Geraldine Labor, and the number two person was Ann Sweeney, you know? And then the number, the, the person who started Nicktoons was Vanessa Coffey. Right. The, uh, you right. know, Nick Jr. existed in kind of a beta testing sort of way, but uh, Angela Santamero was the one that made it what it is. And all these shows now where kids talk to the TV, you know, like, you know, where's Boots? Where's the square? And the kids at home are like, right there. Yeah. He's right there. You know, that that interacting. The, the, the Blues Clues. That, yeah. And that's everywhere now. And she started yeah. that, you know. So it yeah. was organic, yeah. you know. And with a lot of our interviews, we weren't, like, pushing that. You know, we would just ask them, uh, you know, tell the truth, you know. And, and it came out that way, you know. And that was one thing that, you know, and Geraldine Laborn was quick to say that. Like, I wasn't trying to promote women. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to say oh if you're a woman i want i want to push for women it just happened you know and sweeney yeah. who was geraldine laborn's second in command and she's in the dock a lot and gives a just brilliant interview and she went mm -hmm. on to be like the president of the disney channel like she was at well, there's articles you can find wow. where it says like she's the most powerful woman in media mm. and yeah. she was uh, a secretary <laughs> at uh at nickelodeon and wow. and geraldine laborn saw her and was like yeah, no, this isn't where you belong. Right. And obviously she was right. You know, obvious, right. like, like the ability to spot that talent, to go, no, 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 you don't belong here. That's like almost like wizardry. That's like some Gandalf level stuff right there, you know, magical. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's how we, that's how we crafted. And Adam and I were very aware of who, of our demographic, you know, and, and we didn't want to be, uh, you know, two white dudes telling people, you know, this, that, and the other, and pushing a narrative, and 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 we were also, you know, we tried to get people that were different than us involved in the film, mm. and that led to the film being so much better than it would have been had it been just us. You know, we had um, a producer. Her name is Elisa Reyes, and she is she was on Nickelodeon, and uh, she's just freaking amazing mm. she was she was an actor on all that and we reached mm -hmm. out to her and we're like okay. hey would you want to be would you want to be interviewed for the documentary and she's like yeah yeah i would this sounds good that sounds good and then she called me back a few minutes later and she's like hey um i'm i'm still totally down to be interviewed that's great but can i be more involved and we're like uh, <laughs> yeah. uh yes and she's like she's like <laughs> yeah, yeah. she's please. like i i want she's like i think this is a good project and i want to be more involved like maybe a producer and she just got to work. And the reason why we booked a lot of those people was 100% because of her. Like we, you know, like for example, Keenan Thompson, she's, 
we're interviewing her and she's sitting there, you know, and she's, she's getting, she's preparing for an interview and she's, she's texting and she's like, Oh, uh, Keenan's totally down to do it. <laughs> like what? <laughs> you know? uh, she got us Larissa Olenek from, I, was- I mean, she just, she did a lot of hard work on the film and also just kind of being able to look at the film through different eyes, you know, like showing her cuts and stuff like that. And her saying, I think you should do this. I think you should do that was amazing. We had another really wonderful producer uh, named Suzanne Scudder, who was uh, based out of New York, and she worked at Nickelodeon back back at the time. Um, and she helped us book a lot of people and was able to give us a lot of insight because she worked at Nickelodeon during this golden years yeah. era. So yeah. she helped us a lot and helped us, uh, you know, just guide it. An- another fantastic <clears throat> uh, person that worked on the film is Allie Clark. Uh, our opening titles. I think that's one of the coolest things. Oh, yeah. That oh, was honestly. We got to be a fan so of that good. because we didn't do that. You know, like the rest of it's like, oh, yeah, we're the ones doing the right. interviews and we're editing it. But that was something that uh, a guy named Justin Harder, who uh, is best known for doing the um, in credits for Deadpool. Uh, oh, he, yeah. He, yeah. Funny story. He's the guy who, who's best known for doing the in, in credits of Deadpool. I knew him. <laughs> That's why we got it. Like, <laughs> I, I worked on a film about saving yourself until marriage with Justin Harder. Wow. Where we were like pretending to be two. <laughs> yeah. Like when we were super young, we were both actors in this uh, this thing that's like save yourself. And it was like kind of a, I don't really understand what it was to this very day. It was like, it was like <laughs> equating it to like being on an island and not trying to like swim out, like just waiting. That's right. Cause you were like, you were like, let's watch it. I remember it. Cause you were like, Hey, watch out for the STDs. And it was like the sharks traveling downward. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was super silly. And, and uh, so I was like, hey, man, I don't know if you remember me, but like we worked on this like church video today when we were like really young. Like, would you want to do this? And and because Nickelodeon, that's the thing that we had to our advantage because Nickelodeon, everybody is passionate about it. Like everybody, both people that were ready to be interviewed mm. as well as people yeah. like vendors, like 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 editors and camera people, everyone was like, oh, hell yeah, I'll do that. I'll do it for nothing. This sounds amazing. So Justin did it. And then Allie Clark, who uh, her and her husband worked for a company called uh, Window Pictures. And that's like, uh, they did like the Glow documentary and Rock a Fire Explosion. And Allie does a lot of their um, like, like their, their animation, like their lower thirds and their intro. And so she took, she took Justin's picture that were already his pictures that were already super badass and she animated it like that. And like, we saw it and we're like, Oh hell yeah. Like this is great. <laughs> like I was geeking out on it. It's like, this is perfect. Like this is, this is great. Well, if it, because it's really cool looking, but it feels a little bit punk and a little bit mm-hmm. rough. And I honestly think if anybody sees the movie and thinks it was produced by Nickelodeon, that, oh, that's a bit yes. of a compliment to your production yeah. idea you. because it honestly feels of a piece. Like it does have that kind of like, I love what comes up in the movie about how the Nickelodeon logo always looks like it's defacing whatever it's on, you yeah. know? And I yeah. never thought much about that, but then I was like, yeah, it always had that effect. But I feel like the, the opening titles really, it really made me feel like I was dipping into that Nickelodeon feel. Thanks for saying that. That was one thing from the very beginning. We wanted to establish ourselves as like, this is not made by Nickelodeon. Like, how do we how do we let people know this is about Nickelodeon? You know, because you do have to be aware of like marketing and advertising and all that stuff. Uh, we wanted to let people know it was made by Nickelodeon. Well, also like, how do we establish our own like brand or whatever you want to call it? Like, how do we establish our own identity that this is the Orange Years? This is not Nickelodeon. But it, but kind of reminisce it. So, and I think that 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 opening credits, uh, 
the colors she uses, it's like a burgundy is in there. Like I never would have thought of that. And it, and it totally does. You, you see it and you're like Nickelodeon automatically you see it and you know, but it doesn't, it does not feel made by Nickelodeon to me. Anyways, it feels like this is something else. Like you said, thanks for saying that. I, I really appreciate you saying like a punk or rock and roll kind of thing. Like it, it, it just, it, cause that's the thing. It's, it, this wasn't made by Nickelodeon. This is some, an outsider taking a look in, which I think is always infinitely more interesting than, than documentaries that are made by the person that it's about. So overall, it sounds like a lot of things really worked well, very in your favor. Like, you know, to the time you guys came up with the idea of getting this out, um, we're very interested in like just the production process, the making of like how you guys did all this. You mentioned the Indiegogo, like, you know, I'm curious you know, with all this positivity, people willing to participate, you know, coming across some, you know, a producer who was able to open more doors for you. Like, can you talk to us about like some of the challenges, if any, like just in terms of the production process? Like, I remember seeing the Indiegogo like end of 2016 ish. Like what like what is that process from then to now? And like just what's that gap for you? Like a lot of positive, which is great to hear. But like what what's some of the most challenging stuff like you had to face doing this you know, on your own, basically. You know, I think I think the two hardest parts were the beginning and the end, almost. Honestly, what I what I mean by that is that um, uh, is you know there was a point in time whenever we were doing the Indiegogo that we didn't know if it was good. I mean, like we so we had done it as like a flex fund, right? So it was like, okay, well, we'll get a certain amount no matter what, and then we'll see what we can do, right? And then we 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 were it was the night of uh, uh, you know the deadline. And we were pretty much like, okay, we're we're not gonna hit our we're not gonna hit our goal. And so Scott and I were talking, and we were joking, we were joking around. <laughs> yeah, that we were like, they were like, for a month, we're just gonna every single promotional item we put afterwards, we're gonna put hashtag so disappointed. Yeah, <laughs> so like, disappointed. Like, like, well, we didn't hit our goal, but so disappointed. So disappointed. <laughs> just hanging out. Getting ready to go, so so disappointed. So, uh, so I went to see a movie. I remember I went and saw. Um, my goodness gracious, it was it wasn't Harry Potter. It was Fantastic Beasts, right? And then I got uh, I I came out of the you know I talked to him beforehand, and I was like, all right, well we'll check it and we'll see what happens, you know. Then we came came back out, and uh, I looked and I, I had a voicemail, and uh, it was like you know, and it was like, hey, we did it. Like we totally did it. Like somebody came in at the last minute and like <laughs> apparently was just waiting to see if it was going to happen and then like did it. Right. So, you know, that, I mean, everything that we did on that, that like that was just us two, right. Well, we did have Jeff Johnson and a couple and, Ju and you know, Justin Harder and a couple of people helping with some promotional items. Right. Um, some, some animation, which was really cool. And like cartoons, like you could Nicktoon your students yourself, but everything oh. else was just like, it's like, we didn't have, you know, we didn't have um, a marketing team that was making it for us, right? Or making the videos or anything. So, like, we were both working, you know, our, our normal jobs. And then we, I would come down to Houston. We would, you know, go and, you know, rent out, like, a rent out a camping site for the for the night. And then we would just film for the Are You Afraid of the Dark segment. And then we would go to a football field and film for Pete and Pete. And then we would go doing this, this, and this. And then, you know, the film obviously was, a challenge to make just like any film is but then at the end 
once we finished, we, you know, everything happened kind of in November, right? Like November 2016. I feel like a lot happened in November of 2016, but maybe that's a, I don't, yeah, it's, a different I, I can't remember it. And we certainly got no so. messages based on the name of our film about what this <laughs> film was going to be Nobody, about. Yeah, and we're not no, getting them again right now. No, it's definitely right. not happening. No, 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 no. No, not at all. Like, yeah, I remember I remember somebody posting and going, so is this, a, we got it so many times. So is this about Donald Trump? This, and that we was our just first Facebook post, message. Yeah, first. It's about circus peanuts. It is, <laughs> actually. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's about how, yeah. It's about circus peanuts uh, and uh, the, whether they're poisonous or whether they're even still made. Uh, somehow we we managed to have. A, <laughs> Where are they made? <laughs> Where? And it's an hour and a half long for us to figure that out. And then at the yeah. end, we're like, oh, yeah. Nebraska. And it's that. Yeah. <laughs> but, but so like we so then we finished it. At, you know, we went to Doc NYC and was such a great night because you know Geraldine Laybourne and her husband like threw a party for us which was awesome. so crazy. Wow. And it was interesting because like Larissa Olinick was, was there and she had drinks with us and Demi, Danny Tamborelli and David Bogler who created GAC and like Nick.com. And, mm. you know, and so we were just like kind of watching all of these people reconnect. Right. And it was just like, we don't belong wow. here, but yeah. it was so cool. And then like, you know, then you go into the process of trying to get it distributed. Right. And that just takes time. Right. Mm. And so sometimes you get a you get a situation where, you know, we we worked with one distributor and we were super jazzed and pumped up. And and then for and then for whatever reasons, largely because of covid, things change. Right. I mean, you see companies right now that are like, hey, we're not making, you know, I mean, like, look at Glow. Glow just got canceled. Right. And it's like, how is that possible? Because that was like a critically acclaimed show that's amazing, that has such talent. You know, and so then there's this, and, and we had, you know, we had feedback from fans, you know, like what, they're, they're passionate, right? And, you know, and you have people that are like, hey, listen, is this ever going to actually happen? Did you like, we got make, that so I mean, much, yeah. And, and it's, you know, and so it's like, you do feel pressure, because, because you feel like, hey, we, we have a responsibility to tell this story, not only for people that care about it, right, that grew up with it, but also to the people that were in it. And, you know, and we want to get that, get it out for them. And, and so those were the two biggest challenges. I think that, you know, I personally thought that, that we had, um, Scott, what about you? Yeah, for me, you know, like Adam said, making a film, it's just hard. Like there's no way around it, especially if you're, um, making on a, like a micro budget, you know, where, you know, in a, in a, on a big budget movie, you know, the director's not holding a camera. Even a lot of times the cinematographer isn't holding a camera, you know, but there were a lot of times where it was me and Adam and I'm pointing a camera at somebody and he's, you know, asking him questions and stuff. And, you know, there was just a lot of work, but it was, it, it was never bad because it was so much fun. Like how, like, like when we went to Nickelodeon or when we went to Los Angeles and we were working from sunup to sundown. And then, and then once we were done filming, you got to get all that footage off the cards. You got to recharge your batteries. You got to get all that stuff. So, I mean, we were just working, you know, 10, 12 hour days and getting a couple hours of sleep and up. But how am I going to complain? We're in one in one day. I met Danny Cooksey, who played Budnick, you know, Mark Summers, the guy who created Salute Your Shorts, uh, you know, Lori Beth Denberg, Elisa Reyes. How am I going to complain? About, like, I'm having the time of my life. You know, and we go to New York and I'm sitting there talking to Keenan Thompson. And then later on that day, I'm talking to the guy that made GAC. Like, how am I ever going to freaking complain about that? Like it's, so that part, 
what some people might think like that was like the hard work, but it, it was, it wasn't bad at all because it was so much fun. And then editing it was really fun because you're looking at all this footage and you're kind of reliving it again. And that's to me where you can be real creative and you're like, Oh, this person said this, you know, Keenan said this, so I can match it up with Kel saying this and it'll go really well together when you find those moments that click. So all of those moments were great. The, the parts that for me were difficult was a lot of the hurry up and wait moments. Like it felt like nothing was happening for the film. And then all of a sudden, like when we got into Doc NYC, it was like, it felt like nothing was happening. Nothing was happening. And then all of a sudden our producer, I'm going to give another shout out, Lee Leshin, fantastic dude. He, he He's produced a ton of great documentaries, uh, Back in Time. That's the Back to the Future one. Go, oh, yeah, Ghost nice. Heads. That's a fantastic one. He just did one Waldo on weed that he got to work with like Whoopi Goldberg on. It's an amazing, uh, he's a great, he's a great dude, but uh, he submitted us to doc NYC and he's like, Hey guys, submitted, submitted uh, to doc NYC. We're like, Oh, okay, cool. And he's like, Oh yeah, they, they need the film done. Like, uh, like in like, there's like three weeks. And we're like, what? What? <laughs> so I was, I, I didn't sleep for yeah. like a, a solid week. It was like I would be just working, work because I had to, they would accept a rough cut, but it still had to be pretty good, you know? Mm. And so we yeah. had, to, it was like nothing happened with the film. And then all of a sudden we got into Doc NYC, which was amazing. And we were getting written up and like we're seeing like Entertainment Weekly and E are like writing these articles for a film that's like not even done. Like I'm sitting there in my office like, oh, shit, I hope it's good. <laughs> oh, you know. <laughs> and uh, so it was like the hurry up and wait moments were what was hard for me because it felt like. Yeah. And then uh, really similar to what Adam said, it because we were so hands on. And that's what I loved about this film is we got to be so hands on from the moment we started storyboarding it, booking the interviews the way we shot it, we didn't have anyone really telling us what to do. It was amazing. Mm. That was the amazing part of, of making such a small budget film is we could do whatever the hell we wanted to. You know, like I even got to record a song for it. Like it's like I couldn't find a song that I wanted. I was like, I want something that kind of sounds like Dinosaur Jr. or Super Chunk, and I just couldn't find anything. So I called up my friend Jeff, who also did the animation. I was like, hey, dude, can we just book a studio and just record some music? So we just recorded music. It was so much fun, and we got to be so hands-on and get our hands dirty and just have a an amazing time every step of the way. It was the parts where we weren't involved that were difficult right. for me because I didn't know what the hell was going on. And you have to trust that other people do. You know, so we we were very fortunate um, to get to work with Adam F. Goldberg on this film. Uh, he he wow. came on as an executive producer. He he he's a I can't say enough good things about that guy. You know, so many people that make it just turn out to be you know, jerks or whatever. This guy, what he does is he finds docs like ours and, and, and just helps them cross the finish line. He's, oh, wow. he's, he's not going to help you make it. He's not going to hold your hand. And he let us do whatever we wanted, but he came in after we were, we were pretty much done. We had almost everything done and he saw the trick. We had actually already cut a trailer and he saw it and was like, I like this. I want to help you guys. So he helped us book some interviews and all sorts of stuff. And then through him, we got some, we got, a lot of people calling us like agents and distributors. And that was like, we're like, whoa, like this is something like I had no idea. I, I know how to work a camera. I know how to book an interview. <laughs> I know how to edit. I know how to do all this stuff. I got a lot of friends that are really talented. So if we need lower thirds or animation or music, I, I know what to do. But that was the one where I was like, they're like, well, we're going to have some meetings with Netflix and then maybe Hulu. And we might even try to pitch it to Nickelodeon. And I have no idea. I don't know anything about that world. <laughs> right, and right. we just had to trust our agent and trust what was happening because they're also, you know, they're not in 
and that's just what we had to learn. It's not like they're calling you all the time. Like all of us working on the film called each other and talked all the time. We knew right. what was, if there was something holding it up, like if, if, if Adam's waiting on a cut for me, he could be like, Hey dude, are you working on that? You know, the, the, the Nick jr. Segment. I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm almost done. It's coming. But with that, we just had to trust him. And, and the, the company that repped us was called Endeavor films. And, uh, and they were amazing. They did great, but it was just, you know, like the Tom Petty song, the waiting is the hardest part. It was just, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, kind of difficult, you know, sitting there going like, I don't know what's happening. And like, then once they would get it in the hands of people, we had to wait for them, you know, mm. like a distributor. Sure, would sure. Hear it. And there was a great distributor that we got uh, a deal with. And through COVID, they had to call us back and say, hey, I know we we're about to put your movie out. But um, and this is after like a year of us, like having the movie being sold. They had to call us back and be like, due to COVID, we're uh, we're not able to uh, to do it anymore. <laughs> so we wow. had to go back to square one and go back to people and ask uh for distribution deals and luckily we got uh, a deal with gravitas ventures they're awesome they put out bill murray stories i had a lot of friends that had worked with them in the past um bradford our one of our editors he had a couple of films uh jasper mall that was put out by them and then oh yeah oh yeah we've talked about that on this are you serious that's a a fantastic film that's a flex i love it it's one of those fly on the wall movies that we were talking about uh, documentaries that you guys removed yourselves as much as possible from this movie that's one of those where it's like it's almost yeah it's almost completely like you totally let the footage tell the story there's no interview in it it's all cinema verite so whenever i saw that movie uh i was like he's so good those guys are so good it's like you know what? I, maybe I'm not cut out for this documentary work. Like, how? You, it's a movie about a dying mall, and it's only yeah. got these people that live in Alabama, and, and somehow it's actually more interesting than most documentaries. Like, right. that's a that's a flex, yeah. right? That that's that's a couple of really yeah. talented dudes going, "Hey, look what I can do!" And they mm-hmm. all the all the credit in the world to them. So anyway, that was those were the hardest parts for me: the hurry up and wait, and the parts where we weren't involved. But hey, it worked out, and we're really happy to work with Gravitas. Uh, w- were there any white whales? Was there anybody who you circled for a while and couldn't get, or anybody that you really thought would be like perfect for this, and it just didn't work out? I know you don't want to accentuate the negative, like like Steve said, but I do think that would be interesting to know if there was if there was anybody who kind of left you in the lurch. Scott seems to have an answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, I was more thinking how I want to answer it. Uh, okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's always more people, and that's another thing that Adam and I had to talk about. Like, when do we? We could interview. We could make this movie for like ten years. You know, we were right. we were co- even yep. at the end. We were getting people because then once we got the momentum, then people were calling us saying like, "Hey, I'd love to do this." And it's like, we got to yeah. call this. Like, we got enough. <clears throat> you know. So uh, let me talk to PR. Can we talk about this? <laughs> can we? Uh, yeah. Okay. Adam's giving me a thumbs up. We can talk about this. Uh, yeah. There were a couple of people. There were a couple of shows. You know. Obviously, only through through. Uh, through death, we didn't get to talk to Mr. Wizard. I would love to have oh had my. a little. Oh. I would love to have had a Mr. Wizard segment, but you know, unfortunately, Don Herbert's not with us anymore. I cried when yeah. he died, man. Dude, yeah. I like real like yeah, when dude. I heard the news, like I, it was devastating. I remember Mr. Wizard was Bill Nye before Bill Nye. Yeah, I think that people right. just don't know the impact of that show. And it holds up. It holds up. You go back and you watch Mr. Wizard. And other than the computer, the computer segments were like, yeah. watch this. My computer can talk. It's like, hello, Jamie. <laughs> it's like, that doesn't hold up. But all the other, like, how he's like blowing stuff up. Like, it, yeah, the yeah. experiments. Yeah. The thing I think about all the time with Mr. Wizard is the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. Where like the, the thinker is like, 
Oh, yep. like I like like yeah. I, like it dawns on him. Like he's like, yeah. oh, I finally had a thought. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's like thanks, Mister Wizard. Wizard. It, Mister Wizard had two lives in me and Adam's life as well. Like one when we were like eight or nine, and we were watching it, legitimately thought it was cool. You know, like like for what it was. And then again, when we were about like sixteen or seventeen, and it came on at like four in the morning, and we're two teenage boys, early in the morning, we'd been, you know, whatever, and and it's really funny to watch that. We're like, whoa, dude, they're blowing shit up, man, crazy. Like it was just really fun to. It's one of those things where it had two lives. We watched it very innocently as little boys, and then later on when it came on, like in the middle of it, kind of like, it was almost like an adult swim on accident. You yeah, know, you're yeah. watching, you're like, yeah. whoa, this is crazy. In her, we almost interviewed Amanda Bynes, um, and and we, talk, we talked to, to her team. Um, I think that the one that we hear, that we, we hear people ask, which is so funny because she was barely on yep. the show, is they're like, uh, did you get Alanis Morissette? And we're like, no we didn't we didn't reach out to her and like and we were like and also we were going to get dave coulier so we would have had a conflict of interest like and <laughs> right, yeah. right we really were trying to get dave coulier and we thought we were going to do it because of the ghost heads connection with our producer because yeah. you know uh, dave coulier did the bill murray uh voice right. for the ghostbusters the animated yeah. so he knew yeah. him and we're like let's get dave coulier because remember there was that show called uh uh it was where he first did the out Cut it out, out of out control. control. It was called yeah, out of out control. Of control yeah. And that, that's for me, like with Diz. Am I remembering Diz? That? Yes. Diz. Diz. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you had that weird voice, that noise. Yeah. That yeah. And that that's really what I wish we could have dive dove into even more is some of the like really obscure shows that nobody ever remembers, like like Out of Control or Roundhouse. Uh, there's a show called I was My Brother. About- I was one. My Round brother. House, yeah. Are you gonna say my, my brother, brother and me? me? My brother yeah. and me. Yeah. I really wanted to do Goop my punch. brother and me. With Alfie and Dee Dee? Yes, yes. Goo yeah. Punch yeah. is like one of my favorite episodes. Goo Punch. Goo Punch. And the so, one where he's like, hit me. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the one everyone remembers. Yeah, <laughs> hit me. So the funny thing about my brother and me is like, you know, all these Nickelodeon shows are known for being like kind of naughty. Like that's what everyone yeah. always remembers, right? Like, oh, Rin yeah. and Stimpy. There's all these like sexual innuendos. But there was like three shows from Nickelodeon that were not, they were just they were just about kids being awesome to each other. And to me, they're almost yeah. like more rebellious because they didn't do that. Hey, yep. dude, Doug, there's no, when you look back at Doug, it was the oh only God, Nicktoon Doug. that has nothing. Yeah. And, uh, and then, and then my brother and me, like at the end of the day, you know, Alfie and Dee, Dee they yep. had their problems with each other, but they were like good brothers to each other. They took care of each other. Yeah. And even yeah. the goo, you yeah. know, he was like kind of like, he was like the, what was the leave it to beaver? He was like the modern day Eddie Haskell. Eddie yeah. Haskell. Eddie yeah. Haskell. yeah. But, but yeah. at the end of the day, he was a good person and their family was good, you know? And I think that for a lot of kids that were struggling, you know, that maybe came from broken homes that maybe were getting bullied, yeah. that didn't have an ideal childhood. Those shows actually meant more to them because they can see a show where, kids are being cool to each other yeah and i i really i really wanted to go part of it you know there's three main reasons why we couldn't do a show one if if we couldn't interview anybody you yeah. know that's that's one Understood. and if it, you know if people say no they say no you know and there's nothing we can do about that and and then if we can't get access to the footage and three if it just kind of doesn't make sense in the narrative mm. and uh, you know, like Roundhouse, it's a bummer that we had to, or Wienerville, you know, I really wanted to do Wienerville, yeah. <laughs> but you know, those, but My Brother and Me to me is an important show on Nickelodeon, yeah. but you know, uh, 
you know, some of the people that were involved in that, they had had bad experiences with the media, like exploiting them. And they're like, not right now, you know, not right. And it's like, okay. I mean, we had to respect that, you know? So that's one that I wish we could have done. Cause I think that was a super cool show. And it's kind of one of those shows that to me gets overlooked criminally. Um, but yeah, that's, that was, those are some of from Steve, my who white was, whales. Who, who is the one that you were, you were thinking? Well, my, my show from, my show from Snick, that I have shirts, like I'm obsessed with all your freedom of the dark. And I never say your name right. I've, I, there's been like three times that somebody's like said, no, you say it this way. No, you say it yeah. that way. And I'm like, uh, th- the best, like accurate, like, yes. Like she's, yeah, 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 yeah no, yeah. no, no, no. We, we didn't get a chance to, we got to talk to a lot of the team from, as you, as you know, from are you afraid of the dark? Yeah. But she would have been awesome to talk to, yeah. um, you know, and, and I mean, uh, because not, not just because of are you afraid of the dark, but also because she's done so many other like amazing shows, yeah. I mean, like happy endings. And then obviously like the girl next door has like cult status. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's an all Yeah. And so she's, she's amazing. And it's funny. Cause like, you know, it, it's it's a it's it's you're almost in this like weird like like bizarro world where you know you're sitting there like for example a doc NYC and you're having a beer with Larissa Olenek right who like oh. is an amazing actress and <laughs> yeah. she's not just an, she's yeah. not just an amazing a, an amazing actress whenever it comes to just like traditional performance like she was cast like originally in Les Mis, right? So she is like an amazing singer and she's just like, yeah. I, I, you're talking to her. And then it's funny because, you know, of course somebody's like, oh, hey, oh my gosh, I had such a huge crush on Alex Mack. Should I tell her? And we're like, everybody had a crush on yeah. Alex yeah, Mack. Right. Like, don't, you, you <laughs> know what I mean? Yeah, so it's yeah. weird because you're watching and you're meeting people that are, you know, that, that shaped your childhood, right? That you grew up, idolizing and then you're like oh that's right they're like just human beings they're people yeah right they're people and then they come to support what you do supporting them right you know what i mean it's like you're so many of those people have done so much since they did the thing that that you remember them for or that you were talking to them about so some some of that was like you know remember this person look how they've aged yeah. but then when you contrast that with the keenan thompson's the people who've had like a consistent career For and a guy who time, yeah. honestly he right now is like even a better get than he would have been just a few years yeah, ago I feel totally. like people are finally talking about yeah what a, 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 yeah. a, a like a savior he is yeah for that show he how he can like, pull a shit sketch out of the ditch oh, oh just yeah. a just a look he, sometimes he carries he's, he's a ninja yeah yeah yeah, yeah he yeah, does he's, he's incredible we we had that a lot where there was people that um, you know went on to have these crazy amazing careers. You know, like there's a guy Graham Yost, and mm-hmm. he yeah. uh, you know he was the one of the original writer directors of Hey Dude. Hey Dude. And he went on. You look at what I mean. Speed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he did Speed and Band of Brothers, and he's <laughs> justified. Sneaky justified. He's crazy. And we were like, ah oh, man, I wonder if we'll be able to get him. And we interviewed him, and he's like, oh hell yeah! Everyone always always asks me about speed they come up to me like hey man i'm a huge fan of and it's always speed and so the fact that you guys are wanting to talk to me about hey dude you know like a lot of people <laughs> yeah. don't even remember he's like i'm t- i'm totally down because that's where he learned his craft it's kind of like the yeah. way the same yeah. passion that adam and and, uh, and i have right now talking about our film like he's like that's where i learned to write that's where i learned to direct was on hey dude and keenan was the same way you know like we're emailing him and he's like hey guys thanks for me he said yes to do our movie, which right yeah, there is the right. biggest favor. I mean, that that upped our movie so much. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And he thanked 
us. Like, what a guy. What yeah. a freaking guy. Like, there's not yeah, – well. and he's like, I just – he's like, I'm just excited to see this movie because I think I think it's going to be a good movie. And he was really excited because, you know, more people want to talk to him. You know, Keenan and Kel and Goodberger has kind of – now it's experiencing this resurgence. But, you know, everyone wants to talk yeah. to him more about Saturday Night Live. So for him to get a chance to talk about his childhood, he was really pumped. And he was – like, awesome. it's so funny. He was the, the – everyone in the film was nice, right? Like, everybody. Mm. Every single person we interviewed was, like, so kind. But that dude – took it to another freaking level. Mm. And the fact that he's one of the biggest, I mean, could, could I mean, he's one of the biggest stars out there. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and he was, we're like, Hey, do you need, cause one thing that we would do is offer people like, do you want hair and makeup? You know, cause that's the least we can do. You're appearing in our film. Right. We, at least if you want to look good, we'll feed you. We'll do hair and makeup and we'll, mm. we'll give you a ride there. And he was like, no man, like I don't need any of that. I'm not, I'm not trying to get hair and makeup, man. Like I look like me. Remember, he's like, because he goes, because yeah. uh, we were like, we can get you, yeah, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll send over, you know, you need, uh, you need an Uber, valet, whatever it is. And he's like, no, nah, I know how to park in New York. I'm good. And like, <laughs> then we, yeah. And then like, when we talked to him, I was like, you know, because, because I'm, I'm not a, I, because I, I, I hate the New York Yankees like so much. And so, but so he was wearing, he was wearing a New York Yankees hat. And I was like, uh, and I was, you know, we were about to interview him. And I'm like, oh man, so are you a Yankees fan? Uh, Cause he had a black, like black on black Yankees hat. And he's like, nah, I, I'm kind of a fan of just wearing clothes until they, until they rip up. And I was like, <laughs> and he was like, this was black. It matched my shirt. I did it. Yeah. It's like, cool. Such a cool dude. Such awesome. A cool dude. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and, and he very easily could have just been like, walked in and been like, okay, I'm going to give you guys 15 minutes like yeah, yeah. he gave us, he gave us uh, just as much and it time still would have been else. great even if that's all he did if all we did was get him on camera and go yeah man i was in good burger bye like that would have been amazing he gave yeah. us like and his, yeah, yeah. His, his, yeah. His, he answered the questions like so thoughtfully and was so respectful like the way he talks about his his uh all that co-stars was like so from the heart he gave everybody props and you know to go back to ann sweeney she lived up in the Hollywood Hills. She's like, oh, yeah, that's like Elon Musk's house over there. Oh, and, yeah. and she was like, come on in. I've got you guys sandwiches and stuff. Like people that did not need to give us the time of day yeah. uh, were willing wow. to. And, and it was for Nickelodeon. You know, It was one, because they're a good person. And also because Nickelodeon was something that was really, really beautiful. It was a really beautiful time in their lives, and they're happy to talk about it. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's important. It's informative. And I think that, you know, it like it, we like Scott said, it's it's interesting because I, I compare a lot of like it, filmmaking uh, to a degree to, to athletics. Right. And so it's like you're learning your reps. And uh, and so, you know, like you're, you know, uh, even for the, the Miami Heat or Los Angeles Lakers, like working together, you have to learn each other's rhythm right and like pace and so you know you get better as seasons go on so like for example like i'm sure scott and i would work a million times better as much as it was a blessing to get to work with scott the next time around would be a million times better right Right. and so you can you can learn so much and gain so much perspective on how you should be and treat people and how you should work by watching keenan thompson Larissa mm-hmm. Olenek, yep. Geraldine Laybourne, Ann yep. Sweeney, all these people that have made it, right? They've made it and then right. they've gone right. to another career and made it, right? Made you know what I mean? So there's like, yeah, they made it again. And yet all of them, like 
were making us food, right? Danny Cooksey, the first person that we interviewed, we yep. came in and he was like, hey, man, we ordered y'all pizza and uh, some drinks. Like, uh, y'all want to just chill out for a second? And we were like, are you sure? I guess. Like, oh, wow. That, yeah. I mean, that just, it just doesn't happen very often. And so that just kind of, I mean, there's no way that you can ever, and why would we have ego? Because it's like, we made a documentary, right? Like if I walked outside right now, my next door neighbor, and I was like, I made a movie, they would be like, shut up and go inside. (laughs) (laughs) Like, right? It's late. It's the pandemic. No, it's a dock. It's a dock. And they're like, go inside. (laughs) We don't care. And And I'm like, I, I think it's, I think it's interesting. You guys have content here, though, that a lot of people are going to have that emotional reaction to, you know, like even as someone who was a little old when Nickelodeon got started, like when I was going into middle school was when a lot of the programming you were talking about got started. And then by the time the stuff you guys are really nostalgic for kicked in, I was I mean, I was class of 91. That's when I graduated. So there were I was a little bit old for it, but I always saw Nickelodeon as being like. I mean, it's interestingly uh, related in my mind to that that Mr. Rogers documentary from a couple of years ago yeah. that mm-hmm. was so yeah. well liked. Won't, Won't you be, be my neighbor? neighbor? Great doc, and yet it's about kind of reassessing, reappreciating what Mr. Rogers did. A lot of people who maybe never gave him a second thought or thought he was kind of corny or kind of cheesy, yeah, uh, saw that doc and were like, "Oh, you know what? What he cool. was doing yeah. really was cool, and what he represented really was cool." But right. I think Nickelodeon, it's like, and, and I'm a Mr. Rogers stan, you know, but. To me, the Nickelodeon connection is like, it's going to make people feel different because that wasn't like, here's Mr. Rogers, here's a nice man who's, everyone agrees you should be sitting down to watch Mr. Rogers because he's such a nice man and it's so calm yep. and it's so so here for you and it's here to instill these values in you. Nickelodeon almost felt like it was that kind of junior version of MTV. It was Absolutely. that like, this is almost a channel that feels like it's made by kids. Like, <clears throat> yeah. how are they getting this stuff on the air? There was something kind of... Um, you know, if if not Ren and Stimpy naughty, but there was something kind of misbehavior yeah. related. So many of the shows, about, yeah. And I think yeah. that there is something about that idea of this is what kids are really like, in a sense. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I started just feeling that. And I remembered that feeling, even though I was getting a little old for it, I would yeah. sometimes come home after school and watch a little Nick just because it had that feeling of like, who's running this channel? Who's letting them put this on? Yeah, like, yeah. how did this show get on the air? So it's interesting. I really think people are going to have an, like, what, whatever they think of the movie, they're going to have an emotional response almost immediately to some part of it. Sure. Uh, for me, it may have been seeing Christine from You Can't Do That on Television. <laughs> yeah. That I was just like, oh, yeah, Christine. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, like, that was like, a, a, that was a crush of mine when I was, you know, in my formative <laughs> for years. Sure, I don't even yeah. know if I had that word for it back then. Yeah. Well, but I think that yeah. there's a lot of that. These people just seem cool. And what you're saying is a lot of them remember this time really fondly. And Rin and Stimpy was on both, it was the same show on Nickelodeon and MTV. It wasn't yeah. like MTV. it was edited for one or the other so there was definitely a crossover i mean it was literally the same show on two different channels at different times but Mm -hmm. you know so i mean nickelodeon definitely was like a baby mtv and they knew that and they were you know they were both owned by the same parent company um and yet there was a, 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 a massive amounts of irreverence on there all those shows you know i can remember salute your shorts one of the kids is like i'm pissed off and it's like whoa like can you can you say that on nickelodeon i guess they said it And uh, I think, yeah, I think that people will have, uh, I I hope people have an emotional reaction to it because you're seeing these things. And that's one thing that from the very beginning that we wanted to to look at, you know, uh, everyone always feels that the, the music, the art, whatever that was popular when they were little kids was the best. You know, people are like, oh, right, sure. fit music in the 50s was the best. You know, Howdy Doody was the best. You know, Mad Magazine was the best. And and everybody feels that way, you know. Oh yep. man, they made the 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 best time for movies was blank, and it's always when that person was young, you know. 
And and we wanted to look at that. Like, is our people that are, you know, Generation X and like older millennials obviously all love Nickelodeon. When you say like Keenan and Cal or you say like salute your shorts, people go nuts. Mm. Is that just because yeah. that's what was popular when they were little? And it reminds them of being little and they're like, oh, that's cool. I feel good because I saw this when I was little. Or was there actually something there? So that's what we hope to do with this movie is to dissect, you know, one of the things that, you know, one of the taglines we used was like, you fell in love with it. It's time to find out why. Like mm, we're going, yeah. we're kind of yep, pulling that yep. curtain back and going, yeah. why was, why were you connected to this in ways that, you know, I watched Mickey Mouse Club when I was a kid, you Same. know, and, and I don't give a shit about it. Uh, do you guys cuss on this? Like, <laughs> yes. Sorry. yes uh, it's encouraged. Uh, it's encouraged. <laughs> I don't care about that. I don't care about <laughs> Mickey Mouse Club as I got older. You know, there are a lot of shows. I thought that I really loved Transformers when I was Same. a little yeah, kid. I was say that. And, you know, and when I wa- I tried to watch it with my son, who's eight, you know, and I was like, man, this show is like just a freaking commercial. There's nothing mm. to this yeah. movie, yeah. you know, like, or to this show. There's nothing there. And I mean, it's still cool to play with a robot that turns into a diesel. Don't get me wrong, but there was nothing to that show. And and with Nickelodeon, I truly feel that it's not it's not just nostalgia. There was a reason why, like just what you said, John. It felt how, how did adults make a show that actually felt like it was made by kids? You you really felt like kids were making this. How did they do that? Well, we mm-hmm. we hope to show yeah. you yeah. how they did yeah. that. They and 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 so much of that is Geraldine Layborn and her background. And to go back to the the yeah. the, yeah. the, the feminist issue. Uh, which which we're not trying to push, but because she had a, she had. It's great to f- to find people with other worldviews than yourself. Do it, please. It's amazing yes, to do absolutely. that. And the fact that all these other people that ran Nickelodeon were these businessmen, like let's crunch some numbers. We're showing that kids like uh, poop, farts, and you know whatever yeah. you know, uh, toys, uh, robots, and uh, explosions. Like she was a teacher and she was a woman and she yeah. had it. She was like, no, 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 that's not that's not how you get to kids. That's that's a lot of the things that people thought kids were into was actually pandering and was talking yeah. down to kids. And without going into it too much, I think that you'll find if you, you know when people watch the film, which I hope you do. Uh, it, it wasn't just a, it wasn't just an accident. There was a, a, a lot of a lot of meticulous effort by some talented people right. to make these shows these things that we all love like 30 and 40 years later. Well, no, well I hope that people, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, so, well, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. And then no, I'll no, ask. No, 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 after you. Okay. Well, one thing I wanted to say, um, I wanted to thank you because in, in a lot of ways, sometimes when you're talking about something that affected you as a kid, it's really hard to articulate it in a way that feels like tangible, you know, like Nickelodeon affected all of us in a very particular way in each in unique ways and sometimes not having the historical context something tangible that we could show somebody makes all the difference in the world to have something i can be like oh you you weren't alive you weren't watching TV. here's something you can watch that has a pretty comprehensive look at that i want to thank you for that that's part one. Oh, thanks and then part two <laughs> um i need you guys to tell me your top five shows from Nickelodeon, oh. each. Each of you need to tell me your okay. top five shows. I'm going to let you go first, Scott, because I may have to like pivot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. On that. <laughs> so, Adam, I'll, I'll give you some time to think about that because that is a, we get asked that, and that's a super, especially after we got to question. know people. It's right. a great question. But because then once we got to know the creator, so you think of it, Adam, 
Uh, John, I want to tell you a funny story that I think you'll appreciate. You said you got a crush on Christine, who was also known as Moose. Yes. Um, you know, that show is all Canadian. And uh, I wish we, you know, uh, we, we got to go to Canada and, and interview them. And I, I got to stay at her house and eat. You know what poutine is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like super, it's like the Canadian food. I got to eat poutine with moose in her house in Canada. And I was like, you know what? If I die on the way home, if my plane blows up, like I've done everything I wanted to do on earth. I don't care. Well, she came to South by Southwest also. Yeah. yeah, She's like an educator and like an app developer. Right, so wow. she like oh, wow. works with Geraldine Layborn for children's like pro- education and yeah. programming now. That's um, awesome. Uh, I thought you were see. I thought you were talking about uh, Christine Taylor from. Uh, I thought you were talking about Melody hey, from. Hey, yeah, from Hey Dude. Hey, no, I was going hey, back dude. further. I was different, talking about the, total yeah. different Christine. Yeah. That's yeah. It's, but that's also like, very crush worthy. But also no, definitely, yeah. definitely. very crush worthy. Yeah, uh, and Ted as well. So let's just Ted, you know shout out to all crushes. So just crushing on everybody. And then later on. Yeah, Ted Ted got with uh, Clarissa on Sabrina. Like the two mm-hmm. Nickelodeon people got together. Yeah. Funny story. There's a Melissa or there's a Sabrina movie that still has Melissa Joan Hart, but it's a totally it yes. looks totally different. Yep. It's filmed like a movie and all the other characters. Mm-hmm. And her love interest in that is Ryan freaking Reynolds, Deadpool, who yep. also got his start on Nickelodeon. Boom. Yep. Wow. <laughs> we just leave and you're, you're like, Connected. so that's the, it. It's, that's it. Yes. It's like the MCU. Um, so, okay. So top five. So top, gosh, this is so tough. Um, in no particular order. Um, are you afraid of the dark? Uh, the Adventures of Pete and Pete. Yeah. Toby Huss. Oh, oh yeah. God. We talk about him all the time. We talk about him all the time. He is the one that we didn't get. That to He's me the white is, whale. That's the white he whale. He is the white yeah. whale. It, we, I love that guy. But at least you got in a segment on, on Artie, the strongest man in the totally. world. We had yeah. to. Yeah. Like in our yeah. crowdfund, like I dressed up as Artie and like tweeted out to him. And, and I was like, <laughs> hey, what's up? And he was like, not bad, boy. Not bad. And yeah. I was like, will you please? I was like, awesome. You should please do something for our documentary. And he was like, <laughs> there's just nothing. Was, yeah, because he's got stuff to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and he's still like crushing it. Um, so real so, quick, okay. that's a that's another MTV Nickelodeon crossover because me yeah. and Adam loved. It, 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 he was on uh, MTV and he had that thing where he was like pretending to be Frank Sinatra. Me and Adam watched that he all did the promos. time. Yeah, he's like, Is that you may kill about? my father, Mister Buzzerini, but you shall never kill me. He, <laughs> those he promos was, were insane. Yeah, I love like he would sing yeah. songs like uh, insane like, in uh, the membrane. He was like, insane. Right. In the membrane, but like all yeah. like uh, like in the style of like the Rat Pack, yeah. He was, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Uh, yeah. No, no you're good. He's, he's great. Um, are, are you afraid of the dark? Adventures of Pete and Pete. Salute your shorts. Um, oh gosh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the secret world of Alex Mack, even though I do think Clarissa explains it all is just as just yes. as uh you know just, just it was it was like the the original. Um. I'm gonna. This is so bad. I feel. I feel bad. I need to put an animated one in there. Also, um, I mean, I got to go Rin and Stimpy, right? Because it was a. He- because I like Doug. I liked Rugrats. I liked Are uh, Real Monsters, which deserve more love. But like Rin and Stimpy was definitely the one that I was like, we should not be watching this one. Right. And, and if my mom oh, walks yeah. in, there's gonna be hell to pay. So <laughs> yeah. So so let's recap. Uh, Are you afraid of dark? Adventures of Pete and Pete. Salute your shorts. Secret World of Alex Mack, 
and Ren and Stimpy. Scott. Ren and Stimpy is the show that literally shook the entertainment it, industry. It literally, it literally. literally. Yeah. Everybody remember that? Like, did not remember that? Like, <laughs> yeah. that, that was during the Oakland yeah. Athletics versus uh, San Francisco Giants World Series. Ren and Stimpy yeah. was playing at that time. <laughs> I know. People were like, what the hell is going on? They knew the risks. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's Scott, see. I, I I would for sure say you can't do that on television because yeah. that yeah. that shaped everything, every single uh, thing. You know, there's so you know, there's obviously the green slime there. There's the naughtiness to it that shaped Nickelodeon for the rest. And there's also like the idea that the parents are idiots and the kids are smart. Yeah. That's in every Nickelodeon show for the most part from then on out. You know, like on Rugrats, mm -hmm. parents are idiots. Uh, on on salute your shorts, the the counselors are idiots. The kid is like a running theme, and that's how you feel when you're a little kid. You think adults are just dumb, and I guess we are. Uh, but you can't do it on television for sure. Fun a funny thing like we we found out about this. You can't do it on television was in Canada was much longer and had like live segments and musical guests, kind of like Saturday Night Live. Oh wow! When they brought it to America, they cut it down. But yeah, like if you could find clips oh. of, of of you can't do it oh, on television, wow. they they literally had mu they they literally had musical guests <laughs> and and you could call in and talk <laughs> and to them. Shook, like you could you could shook it, talk. It literally yeah. shook the oh. world, and I'm literally in hell. Uh, so you can't do it on television for sure. I'm going to say Doug, and a weird reason is I fell in love with Jim Jenkins when I met him. He's a beautiful man, brilliant. And uh, he looks like Doug. That's weird. He is Doug. He is Doug. <laughs> he is. It's funny yeah. because I, 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 I'm going to stay positive here, right? Uh, but whenever I met um, – uh, Jim Jenkins, and then whenever I met, there were there were cooler creatives. Like we we met the guy who did Ren and Stimpy. And when I was a little kid, I would have thought that, um, you know, John Chris Felucci would have been the super cool one. But man, Jim Jenkins is so much cooler. Man, he's such an amazing guy. Um, yeah. And um, Doug is. I, I love Doug for what it is. I think that back in the eighties and nineties, there was always the so many tropes of like the nerd and then the bully. And Doug just doesn't do that. Doug, Doug isn't a nerd, but he's also not the the hot guy either. He's just somewhere in the middle, you know? A guy, he's just a yeah. guy. And I think you can use – so many kids feel that way, you know, where it's like you're not necessarily the nerd. And he's not – he's, you know, the, the whole played out trope of like the 80s nerd that pines after the girl and never gets her. It was in every movie, Teen Wolf, whatever. But they didn't do that. You know, he was a, he was a, a, a good guy at the end of the day and all the characters were good to each other. I feel like Doug kind of gets crapped on a little bit because it it is a little saccharine, but that's what I love about it, you know? Yeah. And it was a it was just a good, solid show. Uh, and then three, I'm going to have to go... Uh, since Adam did... Uh, Alex Mack. I'll do Clarissa. That's a that's a great show. Clarissa and Alex Mack are both great shows. And uh, Clarissa is awesome. Obviously, like I could go on and on about how groundbreaking it is. We all know that it was. She gets it, points for me for being a They Might Be Giants fan. <clears throat> yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's another one that that shows you how forward thinking Nickelodeon was. Instead of right. like the fact that they're like, hey, let's have this girl be a fan of They Might Be Giants. Like anybody else would be like, no, 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 no one will, no one will get that. They won't know who that is. Have her be fans of New Kids. Yeah. But the fact that Nickelodeon was like, we want her to feel like a real person. And and, she, and Clarissa was kind of like Doug too. She wasn't the nerd but she wasn't the most pop she was somewhere in the middle you know and i love that yeah uh and it's just a great show the soundtrack is awesome uh and then um let's see so that's three i'm gonna go with salute your shorts too i freaking mm. just love that show 
I, I, me and Adam loved it back when it came on. Uh, I, I've always had a man crush on Danny Cooksey. Uh, I mean, come on, he's but, the mullet. There's a connection there. <laughs> I had that soul, soul, spiritual soul, like soulmates. Like friends. we were more. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I always joked that I wanted to be Budnick, but I was actually Sponge. Maybe I was somewhere in the middle, you know. But, uh, but I love. And if someone knows what you're talking about when you say that, that's a good litmus test. Yeah. Right? Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Then you're definitely a certain age for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, he was also in, uh, you know, Terminator Two, and he was in. I gotta plug it. I gotta do. Can I talk about Bad for Good, guys? Okay, they're giving me. They're giving me the cue. I can talk. There's a there's a a, a, a metal band called Bad for Good, and Danny Cooksey was the singer of it in 1991. And they oh, were wow. all, they were all little kids. Wow. They were all little kids, and they were put together by Steve Vai. And they're all virtuosos. They're all brilliant musicians. And they were going to be the next big thing, right? They were going to be the next huge thing because they're all kids. But they played just as good as like Motley Crue, Bon Jovi. They were they were they were phenoms. And their album came out in a year I call. 1991 and you might remember what other album came out in 1991 never mind which essentially flushed the toilet on anything glam rock so yeah. it was like <laughs> here we are guys and everyone and the world was like fuck you we don't want you oh, so wow. they're one of those they're one of those bands that if they'd come out five years earlier they would have been brilliant everyone would have loved them and they'd be the hugest stars in the world unfortunately they didn't they came out in 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 uh you know around the same time as nirvana's never mind and, it, and nobody liked it but salute your shorts <laughs> was great it said they said pissed off there was something there was somebody that you could relate to in that group yeah you know i was I, Scott, for a second, I thought you were going to reference uh, the 1991 um, album uh, Hammer's Too Legit to Quit. Uh, I got to reference that. That's a <laughs> I fantastic mean, album. Also shook up the world. Yeah, I, I loved Hammer's cartoon show. Remember remember how Hammer had a cartoon show? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, with the magical shoes. Yeah, dude. They spoke to him. They spoke to him. He's got pants quick. named after him to this didn't, day. I mean, come on. To this very day. Didn't he have a bodyguard? I, mean, I, didn't mean to, I don't mean to like derail, no. but didn't he have a bodyguard named like Biscuit or something like that on the <laughs> show? Yeah. Something so. like that. He was like a big dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, I was like, nobody ever, other than like, you know, other than like, um, you can't touch this. I was like, whatever happened to like pray to yes. quit? Yeah, like yeah. Adam's family too values. Legit. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Scott, Adam's so, family so, so I have to say this really quickly. Scott. So Scott's a huge karaoke. Okay. So Scott is also really cool. I'm like, I'm like Scott's hype man at this point. Like, he's, he's, what, so, what? Talented. he's so talented. Scott, Scott has been in like bands like like legitimate bands and he also loves karaoke one time i, I went to i went to a karaoke um uh in austin uh a karaoke bar and we decided for fun to play adam's family values uh, that song so goes on for 35 minutes oh my god <laughs> and they're like dear god cut this off but i'm sorry scott he yeah, had the fake Michael at the end. Remember where even Michael Jackson, he's like, too legit to quit. And like, Deion even Sanders. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he had them all doing the too legit, too uh, legit. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Sorry, so we're, you're fifth one, okay. Scott. Salute your shorts. Yeah, good show. I like the fact that they made the jock. They, they kind of took uh, like um, stereotypes and put them on their head like the girl was the jock. You know, Telly Radford yeah. played by the talent, super talented Venus DeMilo. That was really forward thinking. Let's have the girl be the jock, not the guy, you know. Um the whole I could go on forever about the evolution mm. of the donkey lips character, but that's a that's another that, we could do a, something else about that. Uh, and then fifth, you know, I gotta go with agree with Adam here. You uh, uh, are you afraid of the dark? <laughs> that show holds up so well. I watch it with my family now, 
And it's so good. Are You Afraid of the Dark is such an amazing show. And there's a couple of reasons. One, the fact that it shows you how ballsy they were. One, the fact that they're like, hey, we want to make a show and the sole purpose is to scare the shit out of little kids. Like, that's crazy, you know? And that that yes. they had the that they had the guts to do that. And also that Nickelodeon had the 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 foresight to go, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah, let's scare the shit out of little kids. Because it was scary. And a lot of times the kids died at the end. Like, it's not like it worked out. Like, there would be kids trapped in a yeah. well or, or trapped Rumor, in another yeah. dimension. Remember Tia, Tia and uh, Tia and, Tia, uh, Tia and Tamara, Ma- uh, Tamara, yeah. the lizard, and they <laughs> kill one of the lizards. They're, yeah, and it oh, turns yeah. Out it was the wrong lizard. Yeah. It was the wrong lizard. They killed, they killed, he, Tia killed Tamara. And the always other thing. Always kill the right yeah. lizard. They yeah, always that's... kill the right lizard. Come on, guys. On Are You Afraid of the Dark? <laughs> you think about any of these other shows that were brilliant in their own way. You, 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 you make your cast, you know, you cast. You're five, six people, and as long as you cast those well, you're good, and you're done. Hey, you know, I got my donkey lips, I got my bud nick, I got my telly, I got my Penske, I'm done, or whatever, you know. uh, on You can't do it on television. You got your Moose, you got your Alistair, you got your Kevin Kubicheski, you're done. But on Are You Afraid of the Dark, you know, they had to cast the Midnight Society, which they did very well, but every freaking week that dude had to cast – people to be in the story so every week he had to cast new people all the time and he and they were always pretty good and when you look at how many how many famous people came from that show it's unnatural like so many famous people came from uh nev campbell ryan gosling Gosling, yeah um uh elijah cover yeah Who's the other guy that was in that movie that you were talking about with a girl next door? Like the the Jay was it a Mill Hirsch? Jay Jay Baruchel. Jay Rochelle, he was in there. Yeah. Uh, Anakin Skywalker was in oh, there. Oh yeah, which I was gonna say, he's that was a, a like behind the scenes that didn't make the cut in our yeah. film. Is uh, DJ McKell said there is one? He said there was one one episode that we ended up not being able to make. Uh, And it was because we just couldn't get this one performer. Like it just wasn't working right with respect to the context of the script. And Mm -hmm. we were like, who 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 was was it? it? And he was like, it was Hayden Christensen. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, yeah, well, yeah, I was like, you should go back and watch life as a house. Because I'm Boom. a Christensen stan, and mm-hmm. no, I didn't say that at all. I was just like, well, okay. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But you, I mean, you can see that obviously the fact that he had to do that is crazy, and you can tell that he did a good job because so many of those people have gone on to have like amazing career. And even the people, like every time I'm watching an episode, I'm like Googling, like, whatever happened to this kid? And even the ones that didn't go on to be like yeah. Nev Campbell or Ryan Gosling, they still are working actors, you know? Yeah. So that show to me is just so nuanced and so awesome. And the fact that they did that is, is, is the fact that they had to, they had to cast that every single right. week is, yeah. is yeah. brilliant to me. And the fact that, you know, it's a, it's kind of a horror thing uh, is just a, a bonus. You, you know, know what blows my mind is that, and I was for, I was for sure that one of us was going to say it. Neither one of us mentioned Double Dare, and oh, right, I, I, right. I was, and, and that speaks to the power of like that network. Other, yeah, that yep. we could go. You know, what I'm saying like we could just go down a list. Yeah, and, I mean, realistically, oh, it's like Double someone could be so like, good. "Oh, really? You're not going to give a shout out to Rugrats? You're not going to talk? You know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. like there's probably 20 other ones that are just as deserving, and you know what I mean? And so it's cool because you know, uh, like Steve was saying, it's like the who didn't want to be in the Midnight Society. The Midnight Society is the coolest. And what's crazy yeah. is that they also knew that they were cool because they were like, they, they were like, 
Yeah. Well, maybe we'll see if your yeah. story is up to snuff. Because yeah. if not, yeah. Because yeah. if it's and not, they, get yeah. your ass yes. out of here. Some kids got turned down. Do you remember that? Sometimes kids would tell a story and they're like, we don't know if you're ready for us yet. Yeah. Like, that's, <laughs> kind good of, that's kind of yeah. interesting. But that's real, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's real because that's you're real. just like, like sometimes you try out and they're just like, hey, let's yeah. Yeah. Adam. Yeah. You got a rat tail. Yeah. You got to get the hell out, man. It's not cool. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. That's not kind Yeah. Of yeah. What's next? Uh, I mean, I guess we could say what's next for this movie now that you guys have found distribution and it's coming out, but also any any future projects you'd like to mention before we wrap it up? I mean, we're working on a ton of stuff, you know. Um, we always have different I- I- like ideas and development and stuff like that, so uh, hopefully we'll be able to announce that pretty soon. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, we're, we're, we're both uh, we're working on some, uh, some narrative scripts uh, right now. We actually both are working on looking at coming up with a, a podcast um that's that's called um film schmilms oh yeah so uh I how i feel about that <laughs> <laughs> i think there's something there i think, I think, I think there's it, something there. that that's that's in the pipes pipeline we're gonna see how that works so yeah i mean i i think that if anything uh, and i want to say this really quickly before is that i didn't get to touch on is that if if people take away one thing from this, I think it's, um, it's hope, right? I think in 2020 and beyond, we, even in documentary filmmaking, there's such, you know, there's such a ton of cynical filmmaking right now, you know, uh, that looks for the biggest, like the biggest, uh, scandal. And that's why I love, you know, John, you talked about the, you talked about once you be my neighbor. And I think that that's why people, it resonated so much with people is because, we need hope and we need like honesty and you know what I mean? Positivity at this point. Right. Because the world's upside down. Uh, and so it's cool to look back. I think that that's what, you know, that's what we take from it. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, we're, we're just excited to get it out, you know, and we hope that we hope people appreciate it and that, uh, they realize that they were such a huge part of the, you know, of the story in itself. Before we go, can I give a shout out to Bill Parks? He's a producer and he's just a very handsome man. I just want to say that. On record, Bill, Bill Parks, Bill Parks, number one handsome man. Like if you look into his eyes too long, uh, you you might die. Oh it's, wow! It's uh, so um, so shout out to Bill Parks. But it's worth it, right? It's worth it. Well, of course it's it worth is, it. It's right? Worth it to die, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Cool. Thanks, Bye, guys. All right, take care, man. <laughs> And that was our talk with uh, Scott and Adam. Man, look, this this is my whole childhood we're talking about. This is incredible. I I, I don't know, man. Yeah, no. I, I, it couldn't be more perfect. Liter- you, you couldn't tell from the interview, I'm sure. But yeah, we all really like this doc. And um, I, think, I think they did a really great job just kind of putting together this, not only this story about Nickelodeon and it kind of moving between its different iterations and kind of going through you know, the early years, Nick years and, you know, what it did for animation. Like they really do a good job covering a lot of the positive aspects of what the network did for the audience it was going to. And also just kind of like what the network had going on behind the scenes. We talked a lot about that in the interview. It's just a really, it's a really interesting way to frame this story that it's just not a greatest hits of like the shows you like. There's a lot of conversation about people getting their start in Nickelodeon and, you know, having people behind the scenes in, in power and making decisions that, um, were qualified to do so, and the right people were doing it. And it's just a really entertaining documentary. And it's also just like 
I think really well made. I think they did a great job kind of piecing this together in a way that is is entertaining and also just you know informative or enlightening. I'm not sure what the right word is, but it was really cool to learn a lot about the network that I never had known before. Um, you know, that just makes it even more interesting to me personally. And as a doc, too, so many docs are about such horrible things. This doc would have really fit into our feel-good conversation of uh, of our last episode as well. You know, this is this is the kind of easy, like, it's you've said it about things before, Steve. It's just an easy watch, you know? It's just... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you fly through it, and I mean, we we all, I mean, this is the go-ahead for this this podcast, obviously. Yeah, so if, if this interested you, what we talked about sounds interesting. If you are of the age or of the time, even if you found Nickelodeon later, or you're younger, your kid, you're showing, whatever it is, like, it's a really incredible documentary, and we definitely encourage anyone that's interested in checking it out. Um, by the time this episode comes out, you know, it's going to be coming out next Tuesday. Yeah, comes out on the 17th. Yeah, you can pre-order it on iTunes. I know Target, Amazon, uh, they've got multiple retailers that are making this available. So please find it and support these filmmakers. It's just a great doc that we, we really enjoyed watching. And even more, having them on the podcast was an absolute blast. So Yeah, yeah, man. I, I cannot believe how kind they were. They're just kind, easy to talk to guys. Just a fun conversation. I, I, think, yeah. I think we're just having good luck with guests, man. It's just with this immense chemistry between us and the guests, I, I think is kind of permeating off of this audio. Let's hope we get some more. Did you say chemistry or did you mean chemistry? Yeah. I meant chemistry. I'm my yeah, That's what I thought. That, that's chemistry. our own brand of it. Yeah. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Yeah, no, it was great. And thanks for thanks for trying to or getting that together, John. It was a great, great conversation with them. Thank you so much, man. Hopefully we can um, do more. We can do more soon with with more filmmakers and more returning friends of the show. I think this one thing this 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 era of recording these things over Zoom d does yeah. is it opens us up to uh, having having guests on. We we you know there's some there's some cool possibilities yeah. out there. So. I would love to have them. You know whatever they got going on next, especially like you know whatever it might be. That love to have them back and hopefully they'll come back on the podcast. Um, yeah. But yeah, again, it's available next Tuesday on uh, all the digital platforms. If you prefer the video on demand um itunes obviously is is a popular one that you can pre-order it for still i think it's only $12.99 but um target even is carrying it you can order it and they have physical discs too if you want those as well but whatever your choice is we recommend checking this uh, documentary out again it's called the orange years the nickelodeon story and again thank thank you adam and scott for coming on the podcast it's really appreciated um you can find us at movieshmovie.com facebook.com slash movieshmovie and uh, wherever you subscribe to this, hopefully you do. Um, or even if you're listening to it on Facebook, wherever we posted this and you found us, if there's any way that you can review this podcast, rate it, share it, um, just maybe even send a text message to your your best friend telling them about this podcast and maybe send them a link, whatever it is. Um, Although why you're it. such good friends with them and they don't listen to this show, I don't know. I mean, yeah, what's going on? I'm weird. assuming positive intent. What kind of lack you know. of judgment does that show, though? I like to think our <laughs> listeners are just better people than that. But, I mean, I might be wrong. I'm expecting too much. Right, right, right. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll be back in a week or so um, with a new episode, and we'll talk to you guys then. As always, you've made our day. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>
I'm stopping this shiz.